What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. So I was on Twitter yesterday, and I came across this tweet. Now, I know people that listen to the show are probably big fans of rock or metal or, like, hardcore or, like, pop punk or anything like that. But if you've heard of the band called Attila, supposedly their frontman, Chris Franzak, is going to run for president. Then I go, is this real? I've asked him. Nobody's gotten back to me. But as soon as I get a response, you guys will all know. That is absolutely insane to me, man, on so many levels. But make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast, episode number 137. Let's get right into it, man. UFC France. Gone versus Spivak happened this weekend. It was a good fight card. It was a good fight card. Let's look at the results real quick. Cyril Gone defeated Sergei Spivak. TKO punches at 344. Round two. Manam Fiot defeats Rose Nama Yunus, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28. I got some notes on that, so we'll get into that. Benoit Saint Denis defeats Thiago Moises, TKO punches. Really look out for this guy. Volkanos Devmir defeats Bogdan Guskov by submission. I know everybody with tickets, they're like, dude, that's crazy. William Gomez defeats Yanni Gihirumi. Morgan Sharihi defeats Manalojo. Zechi KO body kick and punches. I remember seeing that. I remember the Vulcan fight, but I don't remember it. I remember the Benoit Saint Denis fight. Or Denis. Because if you read it, it's Benoit Saint Denis, but he's French, so I guess you call it Benoit Saint Denis. I guess that's how you say it. If I said it wrong, I do apologize. But let's talk about this Manan Firo Firo versus Rose Nama Yunus fight. I got some notes over here. Okay, people are flipping out. First of all, let's read this article. People are flipping out the fact that Rose um didn't have Trevor Women in her corner. Which I was kind of poking fun at it, but like, dude, everybody needs to relax, like, on the real. Look. So I want to rest Pat Berry now. Twitter reacts to Trevor Women's absence and Rose Namayuna's loss at UFC Paris. The Optagon Obsessed, a Twitter account, tweeted out Someone arrest Pat Berry now. Where was Trevor Whitman? Manon Farrell picked up the biggest win of her career at UFC Paris, spoiling former two-time strawweight champion Rose Namajunas' flyweight debut via unanimous decision from inside the Accor Arena in Paris, France. 
While it was an important victory for Farrell, unfortunately, her big win was overshadowed by the absence of Nama Yunus' longtime coach Whitman. Twitter was wondering where the legendary mixed martial arts coach was. Not Twitter was wondering the reason why the legendary mixed martial arts coach was not in the thug corner, especially after Nama Yunus informed her corner that she broke slash dislocated her pinky finger during the first round. And then it goes, Pat Barry continues to be a garbage-ass coach, which isn't surprising. Where the fuck is Trevor Whitman when Rose Namajunas needs him? And it goes on to say, why isn't Whitman there for Rose? Or was Trevor Whitman? And it goes, she got a new gym in her walkout. No one knows where Whitman was or Rose Namajunas left his gym, and because he rarely does any interviews, we won't find out until we see him again. However, a Twitter user pointed out that during Namajunas' walkout, she trained at the new gym for the Pharrell fight. I mean, here's my thing. People gave Pat Barry a hard time because of the advice he was giving during the Carla Esparza fight, which was horrible advice. I will admit that. But if he goes to her and tells her, okay, you want to stop? Well, we can stop. Or he probably believes she's a champion. And I'm going to tell you guys something. And this is, again, I don't like saying these type of things because it sounds like I'm taking away from Firo, but I'm really not. But I guarantee you, if Rose doesn't break her pinky, that fight plays out very differently because she was still moving pretty well. She knocked her down in the second round. Let me make sure because I wrote it down. Yeah, Rose knocked her down in the second round. I still don't think it was enough for her to win it. So I had it 10-9 for Rose for the first round because she was landing the heavier hits. She defended takedowns. Rose knocks her down, but but Farrell landed the heavier shots in the second round. And then her movement in the third helped her win the third round. So I had it two rounds to one for Farrell. But my point is, if this finger doesn't break, we could be talking about Rose being the winner here. But like saying this is Pat Berry's fault, dude, that is a troll. This is not his fault. In fact, I would encourage more advice like that from Pat Berry because... He, it helped keep her mind off of it. Did she perform her best? No, but she was already compromised. So she did do her best with what they had, you know? In my opinion. This is my opinion, right? So is it fair to to blame this on Pat? No, it's an injury that happened. Look, look, look at this here. Rose Namajunas with only Pat Berry and no Trevor women in her corner is not a championship-level fighter. I disagree. Again, we're going to go back to the to the finger thing. So what you guys wanted him to do is be like, okay, we're calling this off. Is that what you guys wanted? wanted that to, is that what you guys want to happen for Pat Berry to get, say, okay, it's over, bro? I mean, she was still moving well. I'm pretty sure she still had a chance. Now, she couldn't get the takedowns, which I believe was a big part of her game plan. Let's see what Brendan Schaub had to say about the whole thing. Brendan Schaub goes off on fans criticizing Pat Barry for corner advice to Rose Namajunas during UFC Paris. Schaub has had enough of the criticism aimed at Pat Barry. Brendan Schaub is sticking up for Pat Barry and made criticism for, of his UFC Paris corner advice for Rose Namajunas. As expected, Barry was in Namajunas' corner for the recent flyweight tilt against Manan Farrell. Top MMA coach Trevor Women was notably absent from the Namajunas' corner. 
Some fans were quick to assume that it was Perry's call, but that has not been confirmed. Fans also gave Perry flack for telling Lamayuz that she doesn't need a pinky finger after she broke her finger during the fight. Lamayuz ended up losing the bout to Ferro via unanimous decision. Again, what do you want him to say? Oh shit, your finger's done? Like, what do you want to do? Like, should he have asked her? Yes, but like he was trying to encourage her. And again, she was still moving well. She was still landing hits. And I'm telling you, if that injury doesn't happen, that fight plays out very differently. Brandon Shaw mocked fans who have been throwing dirt on Pat Berry's name over his cornering at UFC Paris. They want him to be like, babe, are you okay? Oh my gosh, should we get out of here? He's her coach, Shaw said. Oh my God, your pinky broke? What are we going to do? We have dinner tomorrow night at the Eiffel Tower. How are you going to eat croissants? People are like, Pat Berry's an asshole, man. Can you believe he forced his girlfriend to fight? Job then doubled down, sharing his belief that the detractors are looking for anything to criticize. The detractors, I'm sorry. The detractors. The detractors. It's a fight, dude. They're not girlfriend and boyfriend in that fight, Shop said. It's a coach and fighter. He's like, oh, babe, we should get out of here before it gets worse. I know if you win, you get a title shot, but let's get out of here. People look for any reason to hate, especially on Pat and Rose. People are stupid. <laughs> I mean, again, I think it goes back to the Carla Esparza fight that doesn't help Pat Barry with the advice he gave her. But we shall see, man. We shall see. Let's look at the rankings. So now I fly away. Antina Chevchenko's one. She's fighting Alexa Grasso for the belt in two weeks. Aaron Blanchard, who just beat Tyler Santos, is number two. Manan Ferro is number three. She So everybody's still in the same spot. Now, this is what I believe should happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen. And people aren't going to like this. But that's okay. I believe because Alexa Grasso stopped Valentina Chevchenko, if Valentina wins and it's like a decision, but like you don't stop her, I think it warrants Alexa Grasso an immediate title shot, in my opinion. So then what you would do is on the card, you do the trilogy, you do Aaron Blanchfield versus Manon Ferro for the next title challenger, because then the winner of those two fights will fight for the belt next. It sells itself, man. I mean, because you can make the argument, well, if Rose doesn't break her finger, Manon Ferro doesn't look that impressive. Because, yes, she countered her and all that stuff because she was very critical of Aaron Blanchfield's performance. She countered her and all that stuff. But she's the bigger fighter here, right? Like, I expect you to go in there and put your dominance on her because she's the bigger, I mean, you're the bigger fighter, you know? Like, that's the other thing. Tyler and Aaron have been in this division. Rose was coming up. Yeah, she's a former champion. And again, other than the counters and the kicks, Rose dropped Manon. Um, they said it was a trip, but it looked like a knockdown to me. But if it's a trip, it's a trip. I'm not going to argue with anybody. And again, I don't think Rose could grapple because at one point she took her down, but she couldn't use her hand to grapple. So... Like, that's, it's overshadowed by that. And I'm, it sounds like I'm shooting on Manan's performance, which I'm trying not to. But, like, we have to take that into consideration. So, again, if Valentina wins, you give Alexa the immediate title shot for the trilogy. 
And to me, you put Manan versus Aaron on the same card. It doesn't need to be Coma. It just needs to be on the same card. And the people in the know are going to be like, okay, these are the girls you look at for the next title fight. Because Manan Ferro was very critical of Aaron Blanchfield's performance. That's my opinion. But let's move on to the main event. Cyril Gaon versus Sergey Spivak. Oh, my God. First of all, that just shows you how good John Jones is. And I know a lot of people don't like John, but, dude, there's no denying him at this point, man. Like, what are we going to deny now? Tell me. What are we going to deny? You can't deny him anymore, bro. Uh, it doesn't matter if you like him or not. You cannot deny him. Did you guys see how good Cyril looked? Oh, my God. Now, like, So Cyril's number one now. So this is what happens. Cyril. Because, again, I believe John Jones, unless they somehow can convince Francis to come back, but it'll be at least... Because from what I'm hearing, it's Francis fighting Tyson in October. Then he's going to fight in PFL at some point in the new year. Q1. So that could be anywhere between January to April. Or is April already considered Q2? Because if there's 12 months, it's every three months. So So between January to March and then April to June was Q2. And then June to August is Q3. And then, no, wait, June, July, September is Q3. And then October. Yeah, yeah, there. I got I got it. I got it. Chill before somebody beats my ass. Chill. Relax. We got it. Okay. So between January and March is the rumored debut of the pay-per-view division, which will feature Francis Ngannou. I'll try to get in touch with his manager, see if he could tell me anything about that. Then, on the other hand, if John really retires, okay, because they already announced Sergei Pavlovich is the backup fighter. I'm for it, okay? But listen, man, Tom Aspinall is fresh. Cyril Gan took literally no damage in that fight. You put those guys... Listen, just listen. Hear me out. Let's say John Jones calls it quits after this Stipe fight, win or lose. And Stipe does the same, win or lose. He says, all right, I'm done. You put Tom Aspinall and Cyril Gaon on the New York card, uh, on the main card. They don't even need to be coming because you're going to stack that heck out of that card. You put them on. The winner of that fight, Cyril and Tom fights Sergey Pavlovich for the vacant belt at some point in the new year. Bam, you're welcome. Because Tom Aspinall was there. He was there, all right? He was there. He was ready to pick a fight with the winner of the main event. So we'll see what happens, man. Because Ciro says he wants a title shot. But another thing is, Ciro got robbed or he was fighting. Ciro got home robbed during UFC Paris event. Oh, and I, I forgot to read. Uh, well, well, let me read this. I forgot to read this. Rose Namajunas fired back at Manan Farod's plans to stay at flyweight for the future despite loss. Okay, we got some clarity here. Rose Namajunas isn't too small for flyweight, but fighting with one hand definitely handicapped her debut against Manan Farod at UFC Paris. Just day removed from her loss 
in her 125-pound debut, the ex-UFC strawweight champion addressed her performance as well as criticism she received from, she received from Farrell afterwards. The three-round fight, which ultimately went to Farrell by decision, didn't discourage Namajunas from pursuing a future at flyweight. If anything, Namajunas found her even more motivation, especially after disclosing her pinky finger, dislocating her pinky finger in the first round, and left and that left her unable to make a grip or a fist. I'm telling you, if I could go back in time once it happened, I would have really thought to myself, "I've seen this in the movies." I'm trying to put to pull it myself, but then I just didn't do that. I mean, you said during an Instagram live session because that's a little scary. I mean, if you want to criticize them, like, why didn't they try to put it back in place? I'm guessing it takes about a month or longer at least to recover. It feels like it's going to heal fast, but I don't want to jump the gun. Naminez revealed that an initial x-ray didn't show any fracture, but just a dislocated finger, which caused her problems for the remainder of the fight. Despite facing adversity, Naminez fought hard all 15 minutes and made it a tough call for the judges, even if she did suffer a unanimous decision loss. Afterwards, Ferrot said that it was impossible for Yama Yunus to take her down, while adding that Thug Rose should probably return to the 115 pounds because flyweights are too strong for her. That comment apparently kicked a hornet's nest, especially when Nama Yunus addressed what's next in her career. I mean, if she can't grip, man, of course she's not going to be able to take you down. Definitely a rematch comes to her mind, or I'll get her eventually because I almost beat her with one hand, Namajuna said. That's my biggest gripe. I didn't listen to nothing. I gave Manon respect. I was the one who walked up to her, shook her hand, said, good job, good fight, blah, blah, blah. When she was sitting on the stool, I was standing up, ready to go two more rounds with one hand. And then I didn't listen to the rest of her interview. Everything she said, word for word. But I did see a headline that says, I'm too small and I didn't win a round. That's debatable. I would say she won the third round. Well, I disagree with both of those things. I think I dropped your ass, so I'm definitely not too small. I might have had some moments of freaking out because I couldn't grip my fingers together or because I couldn't make a fist, but definitely not too small. If anything, why are you running away from me, from somebody too small? Why did you originally call me out if I'm too small? I have no problem if she thinks she won. Great. Respect. But don't say I'm too small because that's not the case at all. I mean, it emphatically shut down the potential return to strawweight while nothing that she's while noting that she's already a two-time UFC champion. As to that, I mean, insisted that her weight cut was just too hard to fathom a return to 115 and she's Dedicated adding more size and muscle before her next fight at flyweight. I'm definitely going to stay at flyweight, Namina said. I want to put on a little more muscle on. I don't want to go back down to strong weight. Definitely not. I felt so much better not cutting that weight. I already conquered 115. And to go and do that again, it just seems harder than conquering 125 because of the freaking weight cut. Seriously, draining your body like that is not good. Your kidneys, your brain, all that stuff. Plus, I have a little more time. I'm going to definitely be lifting some freaking weights more. I've already been lifting a lot, and I got a lot stronger. But next time, I will be even more. I mean, you just also showed down concerns over her coaching staff when addressing Trevor Women's absence from UFC Paris. 
It turns out Namayuna stayed in contact with women before and after her fight, but due to the timing, they just didn't work together much in the preparation for the showdown with Farrell. Namayuna's also revealed that she built her gym in her garage at home, which served as her main spot, training the weeks and days leading up to the fight. Trevor not being here, I want to address that, but I don't want people to make assumptions that Pat Barry had anything to do with it, Namayuna said. It was kind of related to stuff. It was kind of stuff related to me and Gaethje and his BMF title camp he had going on. It's honestly nobody's business. Of course, because everybody wants to chin on Pat and make assumptions. Because that's the way things are no matter what. People are just going to assume he's the reason Trevor isn't in my corner. He has nothing to do with that, Pat. It has nothing to do with Pat. It has everything to do with me and Gaethje and him having a fight with the BMF and all that stuff. And I didn't want to interfere and stay back. And I stayed back. Namina set a timeline for her return, but it doesn't appear that she will sit idle for too long. With this thing of two losses still so fresh. The loss wasn't ideal. Namina still found reasons to be proud of her performance. Well, primarily competing with one hand for the majority of her fight against one of the top-ranked flyweights in the sport. I don't know why everybody thinks I'm too small, Namina said, because our reach was the same. I almost took her down. I had her posting out on fours on the ground, and I couldn't grip my fingers together. She was a little bit bigger than me. Yes. Was she too big? Fuck no. Okay. You see? You see? I told you guys. I'm telling you guys. She's a threat at flyweight. But, okay, we're going to move on. Report Cyril Gaon robbed during UFC Paris event. UFC Paris headliner Cyril Gaon was allegedly robbed as he fought at this past Saturday's event, according to a new report from French newspaper La Parisienne. According to the report, thieves ransacked Gaon's home and Nouguet sur Marine during his main event with Sergei Spivak at the Aqua Arena in Paris. Police were called to Gan's residence Sunday morning and reportedly discovered forced entry to the front door and missing items. Totaling 150,000 euros or over 166,000 US dollars. Uh, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Among the items allegedly removed from Gan's residence include jewelry and a Rolex watch. The reports also cited an anonymous source that allegedly that's allegedly a member of Gan's entourage, may have alerted the thieves of the former interim champion's schedule to help set everything up. Multiple messages sent to messages sent to multiple members of Gan's team by MMA fighting were not immediately returned. The second round TKO victory for Gan on Saturday, which, a, which is was a much needed one following his first round submission loss to heavyweight champ John Jones at UFC 285. Bongamin kept himself in the championship discussion in an interesting heavyweight division ahead of Jones' next title defense against former UFC champ Stipe Miocic at UFC 295 in November. I mean, if that's true, like, listen, man, listen, you gotta, you gotta be careful who you let in your life, man. Like, some people are there for the glory. They're not there for the hard work. And they will suck the life out of you, bro. I mean, 
if you're part of his entourage, like, how are you going to do that to him, man? This dude let you into his life. He, he, he must felt some type of way about you, and you took advantage of that. That's sad, man. That's really sad. I feel bad for Cyril. Here's another article I want to read. It has my friend Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya explains why he's rooting for Hamza Chimayev at UFC 294. Still issues warnings about Paulo Costa. Israel Adesanya has already vanquished the vast majority of middleweight contenders on the UFC roster, so he's always looking for new competition. He'll take one of those challenges at UFC 293 when he clashes with Sean Strickland in the main event, with another potential matchup looming against Drickus Duplessis after the South African dispatched ex-champion Robert Whittaker in July. Another fight on the horizon that could give Adesanya yet another fresh new matchup is the showdown between Paulo Costa and Hamza Chimaev. While Adesanya holds an impressive win over Costa from three years ago, he's never faced Chimaev yet. So that's definitely intriguing to him. The undefeated Chechen will likely need only need a single victory against Costa to immediately cement himself as one of the top contenders at 185, which is exactly why Adesanya is ultimately pulling for him. I don't know who's going to win, but I think I'm favoring... I might be favoring Hamzad a little bit more. Adesanya told MMA fighting while appearing on the behalf of Stake.com because I like new blood. Chimaev has been considered a future champion almost since the first day he arrived in the UFC, although it appeared his initial path would travel through welterweight rather than middleweight. Weight cutting difficulties nicked those plans, so now Chimaev will return to 185 where he's fought previously in the UFC, but he's also jumping right into the deep end of the pool against somebody like Costa. There's no love loss when it comes to the rivalry Adesanya shares with Costa, but he also warns Chimaev that he better not expect an easy night in the office when he faces the Brazilian in October. Outside of losses to Adesanya and Marvin Vittori, Costa has gone undefeated in the UFC, including notable wins over former champions Luke Rockhold and multi-title challenger Yoel Romero. In his 14 career wins, Costa has finished 11 by the way of knockout. I just made Paulo look easy, but trust me, he's a hard fight, Adesanya said. He's a hard fight, but I made him look easy. But I think I'm rooting for Hamza more in that fight. While Adesanya will have his own problems to deal with on September 9th with his fight against Strickland in Australia, the 34-year-old Nigerian-born champion has always had always has time to keep an eye on what's happening in the rest of the middleweight division. In this case, Adesanya will be scouting a future opponent a month after his own fight. And depending on how things go at UFC 293, he might even look to face somebody like Chimaev before 2023 is over. Ain't that funny, Adesanya said? I'm actually pushing for more fights. I'm even trying to have one more fight this year. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. Might get one more fight this year. We'll see. I mean, we have to see, right? Because Paulo's hard to take down. If Hamza goes in there and rushes him the way he rushed Kevin Holland and can't take him down, or if Paulo's just smiling by the end of the first round, because we saw what happened in the Gilbert fight. Now, can you contribute that to the weight cut? Maybe. Or like, what if Hamza's cardio is just not good? 
And he's just been running through everybody that you're like, well, I don't see anybody that can beat this guy. I mean, we're going to have to see, man. I can't wait for UFC 294. That one's going to be in the morning. If anybody's wondering, that's going to be in the morning. Because they're going to fight in Abu Dhabi. Now let's get into something fun. Everybody hates this UFC 5 cover. Myself included. I don't understand why they did this. They put like the 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 way they look in the game. They look horrible. Why can't you just put um they're taking what like what they now they call it EAFC. It's not called FIFA anymore. They just call it EAFC. I don't get why they do that. Why can't you just put a picture of the athlete? That's way better, bro. Listen to this. We're going to end on this too. EA Sports proudly reveals UFC 5 cover athletes immediately trashed at by outraged MMA fans. An absolute joke. Your UFC 5 standard edition cover athletes, Alexander Volkanovsky and Valentina Chepchenko. See full reveal on September 7th. What's today? In two days. It goes, MMA fans are a fickle bunch and hard to impress. But I have to side with them on this one. EA Sports proudly revealed the cover athletes for its upcoming UFC 5 video game available for PlayStation and Xbox consoles on October 27th with the former flyweight champion Valentina Chevchenko and current featherweight title holder Alexander Wolkonovsky featured on the standard edition. Twitter's reactions is less than kind. This cover is an absolute joke. Such a weird stance for both of them. Where's Volk's belt at? They, they look like themselves, but at the same time, they don't, if that makes sense. Respectfully, Valentina is very good in my opinion. I don't think she should be on the cover. Why Valentina? Didn't her title reign and prime just come to an end? Eee. Well, yeah, yep. But the thing is, like, when do they make these deals, you know? And it goes on. You're telling me the man to the right has to be Volkanovsky? Don't tell me this is what the graphics look like. Incredibly, it's somehow even worse than I imagined. The model literally doesn't even look like Chev at all. And why is she on the cover anyway while Grasso and Wei Li aren't? When you get simple stuff like this wrong, I know it's just going to be another edition of a bad game. Yikes, man. Rating 185-pound kingpin Israel Adesanya, who was part of the UFC 4 cover, returns to the UFC 5 on the deluxe edition. The last style bender can avoid the... Can... I think it should say can the last style bender. Hopefully... Oh, it says hopefully the last style bender can avoid the EA Sports cover curse when he defends against number 5 middleweight Sean Strickland at UFC 2 night... In the UFC 293 headliner this weekend in Sydney. Let's have a look. This one doesn't look bad, but again, dude, why don't they just use a picture? Why do you have to use the graphics of the game? But the Israel one doesn't look bad. A full UFC 5 is, reveal is expected on Thursday on YouTube. I mean, I guess... Like, after UFC 3, I stopped playing, man. Like, I play story-based games. I might check this out, though. My cousin's been trying to get me back into it so I could play with him. Because I was always better, but he says he's been practicing, so he's probably better than me at this point. Oh, we doing on time. I think that's going to be it, guys. Yeah, we'll stop there. Follow me, Punch Them Out Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on X. Peace, guys. Later.